When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 50 of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you for the next 20, 25 minutes or so. Our guest today will be Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun talking about the Leafs and what they have done at Free Agent Frenzy. So basically, you know, I guess the, the quick way to sum it up is five in, five out. So departing, Nick Foligno goes to Boston. Zach Hyman goes to Edmonton. Riley Nash goes to Winnipeg. And Anderson goes to Carolina. And Bogosian goes to Tampa Bay. As far as the rest are concerned, the incoming, Richie signs with the Leafs. Camp signs with the Leafs. Kasha signs with the Leafs. Bunting and Gabriel, and of course, add in Peter Morazic to replace Freddie Anderson. So, I mean, this is this is a nice uh, situation for the Leafs to be in. They have a committee of people that will audition for the left side of the Matthews Marner line, and also the left side of the Tavares Nylander line. And they got some people that uh, you know, Camp could be a third line center. And I know what you're saying. As soon as I say you've got people that are auditioning for the left side, and Camp may be the third line center. Where does that leave Kerfoot? Don't know. Uh, but you know, there's no problem with having depth and, and options going into training camp. You worry about what you do to, to fit in the salary cap and, and who makes the roster at the end of training camp. Not now in August, that's for sure. So they backfield nicely, I think, and we'll see what happens. Here is the conversation we had with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Okay, so Terry, is an overall view, when you look at the, the, the five forwards the Leafs brought in, they lost five players through free agency. They gained five plus a goalie. What's your take just as an overview on what they did at the free agent frenzy uh, gate opening? Well, you know, I, I suppose, Jim, they, they did what Kyle Dubas said he was going to do, and that was more or less paint around the edges, and that's what they've done. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to find out if some of these people you try to shoehorn into, uh, you know, a role in the top six, whether that actually works or not, with Michael Bunting and Nick Ritchie, perhaps Andre Kasha, you know. We'll have to see how this goes. I mean, the one thing we know coming out of this is that nothing is set in stone. I think one thing, one thing we should remember too, Jim, is I think at the beginning of last year, you know, Joe Thornton and Jimmy Vesey were in the Leafs' top six to start, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, they, they weren't at the end, obviously. So, you know, I think there's going to be a few moving parts. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I'm okay with what he did, Dubas did, but we really don't. 
the guys they signed weren't qualified by their teams, and and uh, I would argue that anyone who is worthy enough of being qualified would be, uh, no matter what a team's uh, cap uh, situation is. So, you know, we'll have to see how it all plays out. But um, you know, this, this looks like the team going forward, barring a trade now, uh, which would be more to clear cash space than to bring anybody else in. Uh, this is the, the Leafs roster, um, more or less, as we're going to see it once camp starts uh, at the end of September. Yeah, I, I'm sort of of the opinion here, Terry, that uh, what I like about the Leafs is it's a, it's a work in, in progress. It, it's something that evolves, and I think that that's probably the best way for them to approach the start of a new season as opposed to having the anointed lineup that is supposed to win the Stanley Cup because I don't. it doesn't happen that way. No, it doesn't. But I think in this case, Jim, you just might have a little more confidence in some of these people that they're hoping to, to do well on your top six or, or I guess, top nine have, have done it well before and consistently. You know, Bunting is still really getting his career going. Uh, Nick Ritchie's been up and down. I mean, I, I think he's an interesting ad for them for the way he plays the game. But uh, you're right. I mean, you know, you, you see what kind of depth you have now. You know, and if, I, if I'm a Nick Robertson, you know, I, I try not to get discouraged by this because there's probably – about 15 or 16 forwards at least have now who could arguably be in the lineup on opening night. But I, I still look at it as an opportunity for a guy like Robertson because he looks at it and says, okay, well, nothing is written in stone, so I can perhaps go take advantage of an opportunity here and be one of those guys coming out of training camp. So, you know, I, I guess there is a positive in that, uh, but, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is it's not – the forward group as it is now is not as strong as it was when, when the season ended. And a big part of that is the loss of Zach Hyman. Uh, you just don't replace a player like that. We've talked about it, uh, but you know we'll see. We'll see how that evolves going forward. But uh, you know it's the same old thing, Jim, with these forwards. The core is going to have to get it done for you, and you know the other guys can fill in admirably when they're called upon to do so. Yeah, I was, I was just going to bring that up. I mean, regardless of of what the audition is on the left side, uh, the, the hope is that if if one of those guys clicks, it's to make. The, the core players better. So, the, I mean, the core players have to lead the way here. There's no question about that. Yeah. Well, there is no question. I mean, but, and what did Zach Lyman do? When he played with Marner and, and uh, Matthews, he made them better, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, do you have that guy in any of these people coming in? I would argue not. Not, not that there are a lot of people available if Zach Lyman built on uh, in free agency. You can argue whatever you want about, uh, I mean, you specifically, but anyone can argue whatever they want about Oh, he's paid too much, too much term in Edmonton. Well, yeah, I, I suppose, but you know, the fact of the matter is, he's going to be a really effective player for them for the next two or three, four seasons. And you know, he would have been with the Maple Leafs as well. So you know, we'll have to see. But um, like I said, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic moving forward. But these guys, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Willie Nylander, great. We can see what you do in the regular season. Now you have to bring that in. And maybe you give Tavares a bit of a pass, given that he was injured for almost all of that first-round series against Montreal. But they've got to start bringing in the playoffs now. Or, you know, again, you and I will be talking sometime in the middle of next May, and uh, none of what they will have done in the regular season will matter. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things for me to notice is that, that as soon as Kyle Dubas would, would map out a scenario, and I'm going to get specific here, the map out mm-hmm. scenario would be Robertson and Anderson were going to give them a look. And as soon as he did that, he signed – five forwards. Uh, there was yep. another thing on, on the blue line where, you know, they were getting in the way of Lilligren and, and Sandine. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly, you know, how many games Sandine plays, but it doesn't look like there's much room for Lilligren, does it? It doesn't at this point. I mean, if you go into the top, if you go into your season, Jim, with the top six that's healthy of Muslin, Riley, Brody, Paul, Dermott, and Sandine, 
which I think is going to be the case, uh, no, then, then Lilligren, you know, his fight now is to be that seventh guy with perhaps, you know, um, Alex Piega or, or um, uh, Carl Dahlstrom, some of these guys that they've signed, perhaps Brendan Manel coming over from Europe. I mean, th- that's going to be, I think, the fight Lilligren is going to be in. I, I, you know, unless he comes in and, and absolutely stands on his head in camp and, and I guess perhaps knocks Dermot sorry, off the right side on this third pair, um, he's going to start as the seventh defenseman. Or, or maybe he won't. Maybe some of these guys with the Leafs have signed to some of these two-week contracts will come in and outperform Lilligren and be that guy as the seventh guy. Uh, we'll have to see how it all shakes down. But, um, yeah, I, I would think that judging, looking at it right now, your top six are set on the blue line. Okay. And the other scenario that, that got sort of, uh, I don't know if I want to say compromised, but as soon as we got a job description for Kerfoot, um, then all of a sudden he got backfilled out. So I don't, you know, he was going to play on the wing and third line center camps there and he got all those wingers. I, where does he fit? Well, you know what? I, I, that's the thing with these top six guys. I, he's going to get a look up there on the left wing. I, I really believe that. I mean, especially when you're signing guys like David Camp now, who you like at center, Jim, or at yeah. least like at center. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're fairly certain that, uh, you know, well, maybe you're not certain if Spetsa is your center on the fourth line. You know, what becomes a Pierre Engvall now as well. But I, I just think Kerfoot's – that's the other thing to factor into all of this is just because they brought in all these new guys doesn't mean they're only they're going to be the only people getting looks up in the top six. I think, you know, Ilya Mikheyev, you're still waiting for him to break out offensively. I think he's going to get a longer look maybe to start, maybe not, in that group. I think Kerfoot will as well on the, on the wing as well uh, with everybody else working into it. So. Like I said, there, there's a lot of moving parts, and it doesn't just include the new people. I, I think, now having said all this, you know, going into the season right now, if things were to start, the, you know, the Leafs are over the cap. Um, yeah. You might wa- you might want to, if, if, if you move out of Alexander Kerfoot, there's three and a half with you and I have talked about the next two years. And, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is, Dubas did say to us, I think it was before free agency kicked in, that, that his goal was to have a little bit of cap space, excuse me, as the season got going. And they don't have that right now. Maybe you fire somebody and go to the LTIR route. We'll have to see. But as of right now, they don't have that. And, uh, you know, like I said, they are over the cap a bit. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a move is made prior to camp where you're moving, where you're trading a player who has some uh, cap space to him for prospects or, or later on picks, whatever it might be. You know, one of the keys for me for this Leafs team is is to have cap flexibility because not everything they've got a lot of mix and match here, but it's not all going to work, and they're going to have to be able to move on when it doesn't. Well, you're right, and you know, maybe things fall happen happen for them uh, in ways that you don't perceive. I mean, they signed some players last year who they thought were going to be a good help for them, but what happens? They end up losing them on waivers. So, you know, that sort of thing might happen as well because you do have. I think some, like I said earlier, you know, you can make the argument, Tim, the Leafs have right now 14, 15, 16 forwards who could play in your opening night lineup. Well, obviously, yeah. they're not all going to. And there's going to be have to have to be decisions made on some of these guys. And, and we'll say, you know, if, if the waiver route happens and other players are lost that way, that might clear up a spot. So, you know, it, it, I, I think the one good thing, too, is about all this, and it's what you want in any training camp. But the competitive uh, uh, level should be there, especially on the left side. And, uh, you know, really throughout your bottom six and forward and on the left side all the way up to the top line, you're going to have um, a real competition for jobs. And, you know, when that happens, usually what happens, the result is 
that makes those other players better and, and, and highly, more highly competitive as well, whether they actually need to be, whether you're going into camp knowing you've got a spot like the top four do. So uh, I think that'll benefit the Leafs, um, you know, through the, the uh, six-game exhibition uh, when those guys are vying for spots. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it all plays out once the season starts. But I, I think that that's a positive, uh, certainly right now, looking at the roster uh, in the first week of August. Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of uh, mix and match, and, and some stuff's going to work and some isn't. I mean, probably the best example of that is when they signed Bunting. Uh, pretty well everybody anointed him to be playing with, with Matthews and Marner. And then when Richie was signed, all of a sudden Bunting got cropped down in the lineup without, without even putting on a skate. I mean, it, it was yeah. kind of weird. That was. And you know what? I mean, that, that might happen, but, you know, that might – Bunting might, might also look at it now the signing Richie, okay, fine. A little more competition for me. I don't mind that. You know, he hasn't played much in the NHL, just, you know, 26 games. and, and uh, you, But you still have an idea of the way he plays. He's feisty. He called himself a rat. So I would imagine that a person who plays like that can have a bit of that attitude going into camp, if not more than a bit of that attitude. So, that, you know, again, all these things have to play out. Right now, I mean, we can do whatever we want with the depth chart and put people here and there on the left side. Uh, the fact is nothing is set. And if I'm Michael Bunting... I'm certainly not discouraged by the signing of Nick, Nick Ritchie. Okay, so there's sort of a change of topic, and I'm going to say right now, elephant in the room is called Morgan Riley. So so now that everybody knows that, when you look at the least salary commitments over the next two years, and it's important to note that, it's two years. I mean, everything's set for this year in terms of yeah. the, you know getting under the cap. They will get there. But a lot of this carries into next year, too. So I sort of look at this as, as a two-year run at trying to slay the dragon of, of the first-round problem and, and going deep in the playoffs. Would you agree? Yeah, I would think so. But I think, you know, when you've got your core four under contract for the next three seasons, I think you can expand that a bit. And I know that that's kind of the issue here, right, is that you've got too much money on four players, and, and we, we probably agree on that. But, you know, that so that gives, uh, you know, Kyle Dubas or perhaps somebody else if it doesn't work this year another shot at getting it right for at least a couple more seasons with the players they bring in around them. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, looking ahead a year, you know, McKayev's going to be UFA, uh, Spezza and Curtis. And, of course, you know, Jack Campbell's that's an interesting one to me. So 1.6 this year. Peter Mrazek comes in at 3.8. If Campbell has the type of season that a lot of people expect he is, he's going he's gonna to move past Peter Mrazek, I would think. On, on at least the salary chart, and uh, deservedly so. And, you know, if not in Toronto, let perhaps somewhere else. So that gives you another issue a year from now is what do you do for your, for your another goaltending spot. But you're right, Morgan Riley, Jim, you know, some of the contracts we've seen, that $5 million now going into his last year of his contract before he becomes a UFA. That's going to be interesting, interesting to see how that plays out. But, you know, I, I still think there is a little bit more time here uh, for a general manager to, to get it right with, with looking at the way the top four is under contract. All of them are here through 23, 24. But, you know, if, if this doesn't work again, then I can't see how it's Kyle Dubas a year from now trying to put the uh, the right pieces in place. You're, you get, if you're the Maple Leafs, and maybe it's not Brandon Shannon making that decision. Maybe it's somebody else. You would think that uh, you would need to have someone else uh, have a new set of eyes look at this and how can I make this work. There's two things that we would focus on throughout the course of the year. I'm going to push Jack Campbell to the side because I don't think it's it's, it's out of uh, the realm to, to spend $8 million bucks on two goalies. That, that's pretty standard, and that's, that's where they're going to hit uh, when Jack gets renewed. The problem is uh, Morgan Riley 
has to have to get it somehow. They have to show that they're ahead of this. They can't let this play out because what he could step into next year is you can't predict it right now. But it's an and it's an absolute wild card and a negative factor for the Leafs because he could be walking into eight or nine million bucks elsewhere, and that just is not going to fit here. And, the, and to your other point, you know, if we are having this conversation next May about playoff failures absolutely the slate would be wiped clean in that front office. And whoever comes in would have no loyalty to drafted players or people that have been around for a while. It would be, here's what I have to do to, 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 to win and move this forward because that's why I, I am here. Yeah. Well, I, I, exactly. And I think, I know you and I are talking about ifs right now. Yeah. But if, but, that, if that happens, one of your top four is gone. Oh, at least. I, I, I just don't yeah. see how, how you... You know, I, I know that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how the clauses come into those contracts in the later years as far as no move, no trade goes. I don't have that in front of me, but you'd think that that would be the – you'd have to, or else then, what, then why make a change, right? Well, I'm just going to interject here. I have the cap-friendly page open. I don't see any – the only no-movement uh, clause is John Tavares. Hmm. The rest of them are free and clear. Yeah, I guess I, – I, you know, I, I th- yeah, you're right. For, for, for the next couple of years, it does look that way. Um, but again, so then you have Riley and where you go with him and that type of money he's going to pay for command drafts, which he will if he gets back to that Norris Trophy um, uh, play that he had a couple of seasons ago where he was sticking that conversation all year. Yeah. Now, what we don't what we don't know with Riley, Jim, is was that his career peak? And, and, and that was the, 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 the top of his threshold that, that we're going to see going forward. We don't know. But I would think that Morgan Riley is going to be awfully motivated to be better this season for a number of reasons. A, he adds your contract here, but, you know, he is the longest serving, serving uh, current Leafs, sorry, and he's been around for all of these playoff failures. And, uh, you know, um, he the goal for him, if he's highly competitive, would want to finally get this right. And, you know, maybe he looks at it too as, okay, I do have one shot left in this group if everything plays out the way it might contract-wise. And the other thing to consider, too, in that is what you're dealing with if he does move on is, you know, some people think Rasmus Sandin can take a much higher step now into his career. I know he's young. He's only 21, and his best days are ahead of him. And maybe Rasmus, uh, that that happens here a little bit too early, but the Leafs like the potential in him as well. So, you know, a lot can change there. I think the good thing is you've got guys like Muslin and Brody under contract here for a bit, and certainly Justin Hall at a very affordable $2 million for the next few seasons. So, you know, the Morgan Riley story, I think, is going to be – well, I'm not, I, I can't say the biggest that's going to play at this year, Jim, for the Leafs, because that's not right. I think it's going to be one of the biggest. As you get these guys, as we know, there's four or five things percolating at all times that you could say already at that given moment. But I'll right. one. Yeah, I, I just – I would like them to get out in front of it. I mean, you know, you make the call. If, if you believe that Morgan Riley is your guy, you re-sign him. If you don't believe yeah. – that he's your guy, then you trade him. I just I don't see him playing the season, and, and then somebody. I, I just don't see this going the Zach Hyman route. I, I think that would be a, a colossal mistake. Well, I guess I guess what I would say to that is we always have to remember it takes two to tango, right? Oh yeah. So they might come to Morgan Ryan and say, "Look, we want you at this number now." You know, I would imagine that his camp says, "Well, let's wait and see how things go." Um, you know, maybe not. They would say, "Okay, fine, let's get it done. I want to play here. I want to, you know, extensively finish my career here." Let's finish this, but you know, in all the conversations that you know, were going on with Zach Hyman and his representatives and everything, Todd Reynolds, you know, you recognize the idea that this is 
you know, perhaps the one time in a player's career that he gets this opportunity on the open market to see what's out there and, uh, you know, what he uh, might be able to sign for. Maybe Morgan Riley looks at that, looks at it that way. So we'll have to see how it, how it goes. I mean, you know, if the Leafs like him that much, then yeah, you try to get him at, at a, at a team friendly contract uh, sooner rather than later. But like I say, you have to have mutual interest on that. And, uh, you know, we don't know what uh, the thinking is why these can't break out on that. So he had a, a no movement clause. I'm reading it now. What happens at the start of uh, this season is it becomes a uh, modified, well, it actually did already because it's a modified yeah. no, no trade list. So, I keep forgetting what year we're in. So that started last year. So he's got 10 teams he can't be traded to, but he can be traded to the others. Well, you're right. And you know what? You kind of look at that, and it's not really a jarring number. I mean, when you yeah. realize now there's 32 teams in the league, that's a third of the league. And uh, so you vote, you still open yourself to, you know, what, 21 teams? So it's uh, it's uh, there, there's a lot of options there for the Maple Leafs if it does come to that. Yeah, I was going to say 22, but he's on one of them, so it's 21. You're correct. <laughs> I had to do the quick math in my head. No, I never. Anybody listen? Anybody listening? Go. Hey, wait a minute. There's 32. It's got to be 22. No, no, he's on one of them, so it can't be that. Yeah. So there you go. No, All right. I'm glad that I, I think I'm proud of myself. I got that right. So I, I guess one final uh, subject before we leave, uh, Peter Morazic. I, I, I don't know what to make of it, but but I kind of like situations that can evolve. Well, yeah, and you know what. I don't know what to make it of either at this point. We don't know. There's all of these goalies are on the open market. The majority of them got signed. A couple of got traded. And you know what? I don't think there's really a guarantee with any of them. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, uh, you know, Morazic had some good years in Carolina, had some other years in his career where he, where he wasn't as good. And, uh, you know, same age as Jack Campbell, Jim. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to hope that both of them can get through this fairly injury free. Because uh, if they don't, then you're looking at Michael Hutchinson and say, please do something for us here um, at some point. But, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that no one in the, in the Maple Leafs front office right now could argue and slam their fist in the table and say, yes, we absolutely got it right with Peter Mrazek because you just don't know. You keep your fingers crossed a bit and we'll have to see. But, again, like I said earlier, Jim, if Jack Campbell – uh, comes back this season and gets anywhere near to the type of play he had last year on a consistent basis, uh, you will just uh, have to hope that Peter Mrazek can come in and play his 25 to 30 games and do a good job. You're not going to have to worry about, you know, a guy uh, possibly giving Campbell a, a run for the number one job. You can't be that guy, and then you go from there. But uh, by, by no means is anything absolutely certain when you sign Peter Mrazek. It, it, just, it just isn't. You don't know at this point. Yeah, I think the best news uh, in that whole signing for me was he was targeted by the Leafs. They got it done early, so they didn't get yeah. played played by a, a, a situation that was going to veer off the rails pretty fast. No, you're right. That was done. That was done quickly, and um, you know they they quote unquote got their man. So that you know that that perhaps put a little bit more pressure on Unmarazic now, knowing that the Maple Leafs were serious from the minute from the word go, and uh, they wanted him to be their guy, and there wasn't. Uh, you know, five or six hours of waiting on free on the first day of free agency and seeing what was left out there and settling for that. At least looked at him and said, "We know, we think we know what you can be. Come in and do it for us." So now, you know, we'll see if he's able to do that. Jerry, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jim. Anytime, sir. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right, Mike Ross. Thank you very much. Time now for the Yes Guy No Guy Awards. Here we go. Number one, Leafs adding Richie, Bunting, Camp, Kasha, and
Gabriel up front. Oh, yes, guy. I love the depth there, the options there. You've got a third-line center. you got three or four guys auditioning for the left wing on the top two lines, and then there's Alex Kerfoot floating around. So I don't know what happens there, but I'd like to have strength in number. So an emphatic, yes, guy. The Leafs adding Peter Mrazek in gold. Oh, yes, guy. I like that. I mean, Freddie had to go. It was his time to leave, and if he had stayed, it would have been a compromise. So Peter Mrazek, don't know exactly how the tandem works up, but there's some insurance there. Uh, both Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek are capable of being number ones, so that doesn't hurt the Leafs. So that's a yes, guy. The Leafs, better than a year ago. Oh, don't know, guy. No, don't know, guy. And, and quite frankly, don't want to know, guy, because I want this to develop over the course of the season. Over the 82 games, some things are going to succeed, some, some things are going to fail, and you tweak from there. I don't want this, uh, you know, you break training camp. All right, this is the team. They're going to win. It doesn't work that way. This is an evolving story, and I like that. Hope you liked episode 50 of Leafs, guy. Hope you come back next week for episode 51.